is as breath in your body, there is hope. Welcome to Think Hope Podcast. I am your hopeologist, Dr. Rosalind Y. Lewis Tompkins, and I am here to help facilitate your journey of hope because the hope train is moving down the track and we are getting ready to celebrate so many things as we enter into the new year of 2024 as well as getting us to April which is our national month of hope and we are so excited to be able to celebrate hope and have a whole month to commemorate hope because hope is so very important. And as a matter of fact, I am excited because today I'm going to share with you our new hope campaign for 2024. And that is, Are You Hoped? Yes, we're asking everyone the question, are you hoped? And hoped stands for helping others practice empowerment daily. Are you hoped? So that's what we're going to talk about on today's podcast of Think Hope. And we're going to share how you can become hoped and also how others were hoped at our latest Hope Immersion Retreat Workshop, where we will hear from some actual participants about how they were hoped. And during this Think Hope podcast, we believe that you're going to be hoped as well. So stay with us as now we will take a break and hear a hope thought. And hope thoughts are part of being hoped. (laughs) And we'll come right back after the hope thought and continue on with this special Think Hope podcast where we are actually releasing our new campaign. And when I say we and our, I'm talking about Mothers in Crisis. Mothers in Crisis Incorporated is a nonprofit 501c3 grassroots organization that we are the founders of April National Month of Hope and the Hope Campaign. And I am the creator of the practice of Hopeology. So we're coming together to release hope. So stay with us as we take a hope break and have a hope thought. And we'll be right back. I'm Hopeologist Dr. Rosalind Lewis Tompkins, and I am here to share a hope thought with you today, taken from my book, As Long As There's Breath in Your Body, There Is Still Hope, and my Practice of Hopeology booklet, Learn How to Become More Hopeful and Get Your Hope Thoughts Today, Guaranteed to Lift You from a place of sorrow and despair and help you to think hope. Join me now for your hope shot for today. Hope says, 
it's worth the wait. Hope is for the future, while faith is for right now. And because hope is future-oriented, it requires us to wait. And hope is like the placeholder that we can hold on to while we wait. We can have hope because hope lets us know that it's worth the wait. In the book of Psalm 27, 13 and 14, it says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That is a picture of hope. When you have hope, you don't faint because hope keeps you lifted and renews your strength. When you're going through something and you have to wait, it seems as though it's going to take forever. And it sometimes seems as though it will never happen. What you do during the waiting period is so important. You can have hope and hope will be there to keep you afloat. Hope is in the hallway. It strengthens you on your journey of waiting. I want to encourage you today. Some of you all have been waiting for things to come and you're tired. Listen to what hope is saying. It's worth the wait. It's not going to always be like this. Things will get better. It's going to happen. And keep your hope where it needs to be. As the psalmist said, I would have fainted if I didn't believe in the goodness of the Lord. That's where our hope must be, in the goodness of the Lord. And then in the end, you'll see it was worth the wait. I'm Dr. Rosalind White Lewis Tompkins, and I pray that you have enjoyed this Hope Thought for today. For more Hope Thoughts, please listen to Think Hope Podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can become involved with the Hope Campaign, please visit makeahopeconnection.com. You can also go to practiceofhopeology.com. Remember, as you plant the seeds of hope into the garden of your heart, Blessings will spring forth. It's always good to keep our eyes fixed on those things that will bring us hope. Keep our minds set on those things that will bring us hope. And keep our hearts set on those things that will bring us hope. And one of the main things that we do through the practice of hopeology is to anchor our hope. And anchor is something that will help it to hold, to stand, to stay in place. And and we have what we call symbols of hope through the practice of hopeology. And the symbols of hope are based upon our survey that Mothers in Crisis did back in 2018 when we first launched this whole HOPE campaign. And that was the first year that we ever celebrated April as a National Month of Hope. And we received the designation through the National Day Calendar. And since that time, we've spread hope all over the world. So 
As a part of that campaign, Mothers in Crisis did surveys where we asked people four questions. We asked them these four questions and the four questions that we asked them helped us to develop and create the HOPE campaign as we see it now and over time it has evolved. But those four questions are, what is HOPE? What brings you hope or makes you feel hopeful? What are some things that zap your hope or make you feel hopeless? And then the fourth question that we asked, what do you experience when you are hopeful? And in the practice of Hopeology, we share the results of that survey. And so I'm not gonna go into detail, but briefly, what we found is that babies or children bring hope most often. And then also people said their faith in God brought them hope and other people. And the main thing that zaps people hope is when you're around negative people. When we ask people, how do you feel when you are hopeful? Or how do you feel when you have hope? And it varied, I mean, because we're all individual. So some people reported peace, while others reported excitement and just, you know, hyper on top of the world. So we all experience hope in different ways. But through the survey, we found that there were symbols, universal symbols that help people to have hope or universal symbols of hope. And in the practice of Hopeology, we list the few that uh, that came back to us as a result. So there we have the, the uh, month of hope, which is April. The number for hope is four. Then the birds of hope, trees of hope, all of the symbols, different symbols of hope, like waterfalls and and beaches and waves and sounds and the stars, the sun, the moon, just different things that brought people hope. So what we do, we take a few of those symbols that have been identified as symbols of hope and during our Hope Immersion Retreat Workshop, we anchor that particular symbol so that it can help a person say whenever they're feeling anxious or they're 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 uh, going through a tough time in life whatever that might be or they hear something that that zaps their hope or they begin to feel like you know i'm not going to make it or or anything of that nature through the symbols of hope we anchor those symbols so that once you either see them or feel them with your touch or smell them or taste them. All of the five senses can be used as we are anchoring the symbols of hope. And, and once you begin to anchor those symbols, then whenever you do that particular thing, whether it's blowing bubbles or squeezing a hope stress ball, or smelling the aroma of peppermint and then begin to 
speak the language of hope, it helps to anchor your hope and it reminds you that things are going to get better. I can make it. You begin to remember that you've experienced tough times before and you made it through. So that's a part of the whole experience of the Hope Immersion Retreat Workshop. And that's where we go through the practice of Hopeology and we learn practical self-help empowerment tools and principles and behaviors that can help you, first of all, begin to think hope and then speak hope imagine hope, and then begin to make those hope connections. So I'm going to share a little bit more about it as we're talking about today, the release of Mothers in Crisis, Are You Hoped campaign? And we're talking about what it means to be hope. And then we're going to hear from some who have participated in one of the Hope Immersion Retreat workshops and been exposed to the training exercises and how they were hoped. And also, we're going to share how you can become hoped as well. I'm going to share now a clip from someone, Linda Blackshear Smith, who attended one of these Hope Immersion Retreat workshops and she was so hoped until she decided to become a hopeologist and she became licensed as well as certified in the practice of hopeology. So let's hear Linda's testimony in her own words and we'll come back to continue to, to ask you, are you hoped? If not, you can be. So stay tuned for Linda's testimony as a hopologist. I want to just tell you about my testimony, how I joined and why I joined this movement as a hopologist. See, last year, last year, 2022, for three days, December the 8th through the 10th, I had the good fortune of being a participant of a Hope Immersion Retreat. And I sat right over there. I was wondering, I was thinking, I knew everything I needed to know about hope and then some. But after the first day, I realized I knew nothing about hope and what all it entailed. And I began to get very excited about becoming equipped and empowered to give hope to those individuals that struggle and the struggles rendered them hopeless and, and, and just defenseless against the woes of the world. So for three days, we were immersed in a learning experience. And for me, it was life changing. So I actually experienced the power of hope. And I learned how hope can be a powerful force in our lives. And guess what? I was on fire with sheer excitement and enthusiasm. So before the retreat was over, I knew I wanted to become a hopeologist. 
So, so within months, I became certified and licensed to practice, to share the practice of Hopeology. So as I continue this journey as a Hopeologist, I'm determined to recruit others to do this worthwhile venture. The one thing I love about Linda is her excitement and her enthusiasm. She clearly experiences that when she experiences hope as we talked about the last question is what do you experience when you are hopeful and I tell you since I've met her I've, I've seen that enthusiasm and that excitement and uh, not only that but she is grounded now in the practice of hopeology and she is excited about sharing it and going forth and helping others to become hoped and you can too you can too, especially if you have a ministry or nonprofit organization, or maybe just a desire to help others, and you're looking for additional tools and, and different ways in which you can do that. Well, the practice of hopeology is one way, and it is a powerful way. And what I'm seeing is those that are already in line with encouraging others and, and, and just having a desire to impact others in their lives, that this is something that you can really sink your teeth into. And, and it will scratch that itch and help you to be empowered to do it because that's what our hope stands for helping others practice empowerment. And when we're talking about the practice of opology, it is a practice. It is something that we are learning, that we are doing, that we are becoming on a daily basis. And I'm here to tell you, the studies reveal, and I'm a living witness of the truth of those studies, that hopeful people excel in life, they have a better quality of life, and they live longer. And that's what the studies have found of those who are hopeful. And whenever we're talking about hope, it's not just Pollyanna thinking or positive thinking. It goes a little deeper than that. It is based upon the foundation of the force or eternal forces of faith, hope, and love that shall remain forever with, with love being the greatest. But hope is right there in the middle. It is in the hallway because when we're talking about hope, it is future oriented and often we have to wait on it. And this is what we're talking about while we're waiting, while we're going through and that's it, making it through to the other side of whatever the situation may be that we're experiencing. We can have hope and we can have faith and we can have love, but hope is what will keep us afloat. So in the practice of Hopeology, as we are launching this Are You Hope campaign, we always start with number one. 
and that is you. <laughs> you must become more hopeful or you're not going to be able to share it with others because this hope that we're talking about, it is meant to be shared through the overflow, through the flow of your hope that you have so much that now you can go forth and make these hope connections and they won't drain you because you know how to get recharged in hope, to be anchored in hope, and to hold on to your hope. And that's what we're doing because hope is non-sectarian. We all need hope, no matter your age, no matter your religion, no matter your social economic status, or even your political affiliation. We all need hope to live. And according to the survival laws of three, we can only live three seconds without hope. That's why I always say, as long as there's breath in your body, there's still hope. And that is what we're doing through the Hope Campaign with Mothers in Crisis. And this year, in addition to hope, pass it on and save a life, we're saying, are you hoped? Are you hoped? And if not, you can be hoped. The first thing, as we were talking about, you must begin to think hope. And on that note, I'm going to share another hope thought, and then we're going to come back and continue to talk about how you can become hoped and how you must begin by thinking hope. Stay tuned. I'm hopologist Dr. Rosalind Lewis Tompkins, and I am here to share a hope thought with you today. Taken from my book, As Long As There's Breath in Your Body, There Is Still Hope, and my Practice of Hopeology booklet. Learn how to become more hopeful and get your hope thoughts today guaranteed to lift you from a place of sorrow and despair and help you to think hope. Join me now for your hope shot for today. Hope is an anchor for your soul. I know we've talked about how hope will lift you up and hope will cause you to go higher. But at the same time, hope will also be an anchor for your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Because sometimes our emotions are just out of control. And we go to the extreme, especially in challenging times. We can become depressed and get so down until we can't see our way clear. I've been there before. And sometimes we could get so excited and hyper because of things that are happening until it's like we can't seem to settle down. And that's what the anchor of hope does. It helps us to be stable, steadfast, to be anchored in our faith, in our belief that things will get better. So no matter how high we may go, in our thoughts and our emotions or how low we may go 
We cannot go but so far. And that's that place of balance. Hopeful people are balanced people. Let hope bring balance to your life today by allowing hope to be an anchor for your soul. In the book of Hebrews, the sixth chapter and the 19th verse, it says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary, the powerful hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we're grounded in our hope, nothing can cause us to be tossed about and carried away. And it will lead us where we need to be. In the inner sanctuary, the sanctum centurum, the holy of holies, the very presence of God. Let hope be that anchor today. No matter how you may be spinning out of control, whether it's up or down, allow hope to keep you grounded as you expect God to move in your life, as you know that things will get better. You can stay anchored in your hope. I'm Dr. Rosalind White Lewis Tompkins, and I pray that you have enjoyed this hope thought for today. For more hope thoughts, please listen to Think Hope Podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can become involved with the Hope Campaign, please visit makeahopeconnection.com. You can also go to practiceofhopeology.com. Remember, as you plant the seeds of hope into the garden of your heart, blessings will spring forth. Are you hoped? Well, if you are listening and in tune to this Think Hope podcast today, let me let you in on a little secret. You are being hoped. (laughs) Yes, you are. It is a process because hope is an eternal force that can be released. And I tell you, during our Hope Immersion Retreat workshops, as people are being hoped through the practice of hopeology, by the end of the workshop, there's so much excitement that is that it's like I can tell the difference that they're lit up from the inside out. There's joy, there's laughter, there's there's hope. And and it is it's being expressed in so many ways. And that's the power of hope. And that's the power of this hope campaign that we're talking about. Are you hoped? And as you're listening to this thing called podcast, you're being hoped because we are encouraging you and inviting you to think hope no matter what is going on in your particular situation. And through the practice of hopeology, as we learn how to think hope, there's one major thing that we begin to do, and that is to rest in hope. When people die, we say, may they rest in peace. And we, I mean, that is a universal thought. May he rest in peace. May she rest in peace. 
That's primarily talking about their bodies, whether they're resting six feet under the ground or maybe even cremated. May they rest in peace. Well, what do you do while you're here, while you're alive? What do you do with your body? Well, you learn how to rest in hope. And that's a whole part of thinking hope. And that's a whole part of being hoped. When we say, are you hoped? And yes, I'm hoped. Well, how do you know you're hoped? Because I'm resting in hope. How are you doing today? I'm resting in hope. And we talk about what it means to rest in hope. So I'm going to share a little bit more about what it means to rest in hope as we hear from another participant of our Hope Immersion Retreat Workshop, Dr. Brenda Jarman. She is a dear, dear friend that I've been knowing for decades and I, I just, it's just so wonderful just to call her friend. And she finally came to one of our Hope Immersion Retreat Workshops and she was indeed hoped and now on her way to become a Hopeologist. So let's hear from her. With our Mothers in Crisis Hope Campaign, yes. we are asking the question of people everywhere, are you hope? And as you have been a part of this Practice Hopeology workshop today on day yes. one, are you hoped? I'm hoped. <laughs> <laughs> and now tell us why and how you're hoped. Well, I think that going through this workshop gives me a better understanding of what a hopeologist is, a better understanding of the methods and ways in which we can encourage, motivate, inspire, and empower people through encouragement and getting them used to understanding what hope means and how that can be utilized as a tool to get people out of despair, to get people um, thinking more positive about their outlook on life, and plus have a, a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through using hope as a tool to do so and utilizing the scriptures and being able to um, just speak hope to people and sharing our testimony and how important that is because we all have a testimony and yes. it's whether or not we choose to share it because if we've got hope then perhaps we can pass that on to other people through our trials and we, we've survived trials and tribulations throughout our lives and when we believe it helps other people believe but we've got to believe it internally ourselves so I learned to believe more in the testimony that God has given me and that he gave it to me for a purpose and so how can I utilize this number one to give people hope number two to help build his kingdom and to be all that God has called me to be so if I can pass that along if I can help people get hoped yes then that's what I'm here for and I want to thank Dr. Rosalind Tompkins for her vision and the and for staying the course on the vision that God has given to her and the way she's pouring out to other people and bringing this hope hope way of thinking across this country and across internationally as well. And so I'm blessed to have called her a friend for many years and glad that I have the opportunity, that God has given me the opportunity to become a part of this campaign. And I'm certainly a citizen of hope. 
but I look forward to being a hopeologist. <laughs> God be the glory. <laughs> All right, Dr. Jarman, are you hoped? I am more than hoped. <laughs> I am hoped up. <laughs> I finished my second day of training, and it has been absolutely wonderful. As I learn all these tenets about hope and learning how to have hope chats and hope infusion, I'm infused with hope. (laughs) So listen, you ought to get on board of this train. It's so very important. We need hope all over the world. And so if if I can do a small part and our visionary, the creator of this movement, can do it, so can you. So why don't you jump on the bandwagon with us and let's spread some hope all over the world. Wow. As you can hear, Dr. Jarman, she is excited. And I tell you, she is a Ph.D. and she's been teaching uh, professor at Florida State University College of Social Work as well as Uh, She was over at uh, FAMU and she helped to develop their school of social work there and um, and just such a phenomenal woman of God. She now has her and she's retired, but she now has her ministry sowing seeds of faith. And so that's why she's so excited because she knows that this tool of the practice of hopology can help her to accomplish her purpose and her mission. And that's what I want to do. I want to connect with you to help you fulfill your purpose by taking this tool of the practice of hopology and becoming hoped yourself and then being able to use it to hope other people or help other people. But we're saying hope, which stands for helping others practice empowerment daily. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that Dr. Jarman received. I know I mentioned about resting in hope, but before we do that, it's resting in hope comes under that part where we say, okay, first of all, in order to share hope, you must become more hopeful yourself. So as we learn how to think hope, number one, you have to watch out for the negative self-talk and begin to train your brain to think through negative thoughts. And remember, it's not the first thought, but the second thought that matters. So we talk about that. We talk about exactly how to do that. And then, which brings me to the second key that I'll share about Thinking Hope, and that is read, listen to, and watch positive things that will build you up and not tear you down. And we talk about what that looks like because that is a challenge for all of us. And and so keys to Thinking Hope. So, so we learn how to become more hopeful in our mind, our mindset of hope instead of a mindset of cynicism or sarcasm or, you know, just waiting for the other shoe to drop or Murphy's Law that everything that's bad is going to get worse. (laughs) You know, all of those type of things that really bring us down and, and, and we don't realize that 
that may be how we are thinking about certain situations. But when we stop and become intentional, we can begin to program our brain and train ourselves to say, no, I'm not going to think that way. And it's not about your personality. So some people say, well, you know, that's just not me. My personality, I'm more melancholy and, and what have you. And that's fine. You can, you can be melancholy and still have hope because hope is a force and it is something that you can, you can hold on to. In other words, it's not just an abstract thing. That's why we take our time and we anchor this hope. And then we receive this force of hope. And when it comes to us and we begin to, to walk in it, it does make a difference because now you find yourself expecting because hope essentially our definition is expecting, is having that expectation that things are going to get better, that things can get better and that they're going to get better. And we have that expectation and we realize that even if the thing that we are hoping for or we expecting doesn't happen and it doesn't change, we are changed. And when we are changed, the situation is changed because we are responsible for ourselves. And whenever we think hope, we can say, you know what? It's going to happen or I'm expecting God to do what only he can do. And it implies that you believe that it will happen in the future. Another key to thinking hope is surrounding yourself with hopeful people. Because if you hang around people that are pessimistic and always shooting down your ideas or your beliefs or your faith, it, it will take a toll on your mental health. And one of the indicators that we're looking at with this hope campaign, and we're continuing to look at with Are You Hope? Suicide is one of the indicators. And unfortunately, in America and in other nations as well, the suicide rate is continuing to climb. And this is something that we can make a difference, first of all, within ourselves. And then, as I said, we become more hopeful and then we can begin to share with other people. So we talked about resting in hope. Now, let me share seven ways to rest in hope because I really want to take this rest in hope to the level it needs to be, that people begin to understand that we can rest in hope. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there remains a rest for the people of God. And oftentimes we hear that. We may even know the scripture where we cease from our works and, you know, becomes the grace of God and God is working through us. But oftentimes we don't know our part or what to do. So rest in hope is based upon uh, Psalm 16, 9 that states, Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. So it's important for our bodies to rest in hope while we are alive. Because once we're dead, we're often admonished 
to rest in peace. Seven ways to rest in hope. Number one, cease from worry. Number two, learn to eat nutritiously. Move your body daily and breathe correctly. Number three, meditate and pray. Number four, expect good things and don't allow negativity to weigh you down. Number five, take it easy. Slow down, pace yourself, and develop an appropriate life rhythm of balance. Number six, focus on one task at a time. And number seven, get proper sleep, take many vacations, enjoy spa days, and just take time off from work, whatever that work may be. So we're talking about how to become hope, helping others practice empowerment daily. And first of all, we become more hopeful ourselves when we learn how to think, how to speak, how to imagine hope. And we do that through taking hope breaks and learning how to rest in hope. Once we learn how to think hope, we must learn how to speak hope. Because the Bible says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. When we learn to speak the language of hope, it also helps us to anchor our hope in life. And we must refrain from speaking negative things into existence because your words are so powerful. The Bible says, for by your words you'll be justified and by your words you will be condemned. So what does it mean to speak the language of hope? Well, there are some ingredients that are necessary when we begin to speak the language of hope. And number one, we must remember that hope is future oriented. So it requires waiting. So what do you do while you wait? The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, and it also is translated as hope upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. It's, it's a process where as we're waiting, we're not idle or just inactive, but we have hope while we wait. So therefore, it is, it is giving us strength. It's renewing our strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. So that means we're active. This is hope in action. Because hope is future oriented, we don't just speak what is happening, but we speak what we are expecting to happen. So how do you do that? There's one key that we use by adding a three-letter word, yet. It has not happened yet. So we find ourselves not just ending it and saying, it'll never happen. It never happens for me. It'll never happen. We say, well, it has not happened yet. And that keeps it open for us to begin to 
look for solutions, look for other ways, other strategies for it to happen. So we add that three letter word yet into our language, into how we speak about situations. And then we speak scriptures from the Bible that always brings us hope. And it reminds us of who God is. So we begin to speak the word. And then through that whole process, we can learn how to move from despair to hope. And that's something that we all find ourselves from time to time in a state of despair, but we don't have to stay there. And that's what it means to be hope. When we learn how to do those things, that's going to bring us hope and make us more hopeful. Now we're going to take another hope break and then we're going to come back and talk about one of the main ingredients of being hope. And that is knowing how to make hope connections. So stay tuned. Okay, I have with me here, Miss Nettie Walker Palmore. And you participated in two of our sessions of the Practice of Hopeology. And I just want to ask you a question. Are you hoped? I am hoped and I am ready to go out and hope everyone that I meet because so many people need hope. And I can give it to them because I have it. So if you're ready, I will hope you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm standing here with Hopeologist Linda Smith, and we have just completed a second, the second day of our Hope Immersion Retreat workshop. And for our campaign for this year is, Are You Hope? And what we're talking about is once you receive the information and the training from the practice of Hopeology, then you learn how to become hope. So let me ask you that question, and we'll have you to share. Are you hope? Yes, I am hoped. I am so excited. I am full of vigor. I am full of hope because this has been a great experience. I have been immersed for two days in hope. So I feel like I am empowered to spread hope across the world. So look out. You will be getting a call from me, an invitation to join the HOPE movement. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'm standing here with Sharon, and you've been a part of our HOPE Emergency Retreat Workshop. So let me just ask you, have you been hoped? Yes, I've been hoped by the purpose of Hopeology. All right, so what does it mean to be hoped? What it means to be hoped, I can think hope, I can speak hope and I can take hope breaks. All right, so are you hope? I'm hope. And what about other people? Everyone can be hoped by the practice of hopeology. Okay, Natalie, it's so wonderful to have you with us today for the first day of our practice of hopeology, Hope Immersion Retreat Workshop. And we're asking the question for our campaign this year, and that is, are you hope? And we are all hoped by the practice of hopeology. But what does that mean to you? Are you hoped? Have you been hoped today? I was hoped today and I learned how to minister hope to someone else by not being judgmental and to learn how to listen. 
I am hopeful today. All right. And then also you have to be hopeful in order to bring hope to someone else. So I really enjoyed the workshop and it was amazing. Now I'd like to share with you from the new Surgeon General Advisory as it raises alarm about the devastating impact of the epidemic of loneliness and isolation in the United States. This particular advisory was released in May uh, of 2023. And it's really comprehensive because it's showing how disconnection and loneliness affects our mental, physical, and social health. It says, in fact, loneliness and isolation increase the risk for individuals to develop mental health challenges in their lives. Lacking connection can increase the risk for premature death to levels comparable to smoking daily. Now, this really hit me because we all know the dangers of smoking by now, you know, our smoking or secondhand smoking and how it can literally kill us. So this report is saying the loneliness and isolation can harm us just as bad. Just is just as bad as smoking daily on our health, both our mental and our physical health. Let me go ahead and, and share some more of what the U.S. Surgeon General uh, said about this epidemic of loneliness and isolation, that it is a public health crisis and it has harmed individual and societal health. It goes on to say, given the significant health consequences of loneliness and isolation, we must prioritize building social connection the same way we have prioritized other critical public health issues such as tobacco, obesity, and substance use disorders. So this is something, I wanna read these statistics. The physical health consequences of poor or insufficient connection include a 29% increased risk of heart disease, a 32% increased risk of stroke, and a 50% increased risk of developing dementia for older adults. Additionally, lacking social connections increases risk of premature death by more than 60%. Wow. And in addition to our physical health, loneliness and isolation contribute substantially to mental health challenges. So I would encourage you to uh, uh, click the link. I have this link to this uh, Surgeon General Advisory on our page and just read it for yourself as well as looking at the Surgeon General's framework for the United States to establish a national strategy to advance social connection. And it talks about based on the six foundational pillars. Well, the reason why I'm reading this is because this is another indicator, a societal indicator that we look at when we're talking about the benefits of being hoped or the practice of hopeology. As we look down here at the framework, 
that the Surgeon General Advisory uh, suggests. Number six is to cultivate a culture of connection. And it says the informal practices of everyday life, the norms and culture of how we engage one another significantly influence the relationships we have in our lives. We cannot be successful in the other pillars without a culture of connection. So I wanted to highlight that because the next part of being hope is making hope connections. And through the practice of ophology, we have ways to make hope connections. And the first is by having successful hope chats. And then we talk about the seven steps to having a successful hope chat. And we go into it in depth so you can really understand what it means to have a hope chat. And that's what I want to talk about just a little bit now. Because after you learn how to have a successful hope chat, that's a hope connection. It is being made because you never know what someone is going through until you can actually speak to them face to face and find out. And oftentimes the ones that end up unfortunately committing suicide are ones you would never suspect that they were going through or they were having those type of thoughts. But when you have hope chats, that is one of the reasons why they're so powerful because you get a chance to connect with another person heart to heart and you can check on them and ask the question, how are you? And listen with a hope face that's warm and non-judgmental. And you can listen to understand. And then when they finish sharing, you can ask them deep down, what do you really want? And then it may become a hope fusion where you agree to connect maybe weekly or monthly where you engage with them on a regular basis to help them through whatever they may be going through. And then the most powerful thing of all is when you learn how to create hope spheres. So you create atmospheres of hope where groups of people actually come together and they practice hopeology. They put these steps and all of the things that we've been talking about, they become intentional, they become alive, and they become a part of our everyday lives. And that's when the power comes. Because when we can have more hope in our families, in our marketplace, in the communities that we live in, in the churches and the synagogues, and, and just creating those hope spheres wherever you happen to be, you only need to find one more person, one more person to agree with you and to say, you know what, we are not going to listen to the negativity and we're certainly not going to be negative ourselves because we are learning how to be more hopeful and make hope connections with others. And once we become more hopeful ourselves, then we can make these hope connections with others and then 
we can begin to spread hope just around the world and in the community. Helping others to practice empowerment is very important because hope is an action word and hopeful people are compelled to express their hope by helping others. So how can we just spread this hope? Well, there's so many ways to spread hope and make a difference. You can volunteer in schools or in community organizations, in nursing homes or or anywhere where you know they would benefit from hope connections and you can make a difference whether it's reading to children in schools or whether it's going and providing support to missions, providing food, time and money to help families in your community, even remembering those that are incarcerated by writing letters or visiting them, posting words of hope on social media. There's enough negativity out there. There's so many things that we can do to bring smiles to people who may be going through tough times. Smiles have been identified as symbols of hope as well. And whenever we smile, the world smiles back. Whenever we can help others and we bring smiles to their face, we're bringing hope to them. We can also clean up areas where there's trash, such as parks. You never know how depressing it is until you remove some of the clutter and some of the some of the things that are that are all around that can just make a place seem depressed and hopeless and just having a cleanup campaign can make a big difference spending a day with the homeless helping them to find shelter having hope chats and sharing your stories of overcoming with those who are going through hard times sharing your testimony those are ways that we can spread this hope with others. And you can become a part of this Are You Hoped campaign by becoming a citizen of hope. You can become a citizen of hope by agreeing to share your resources with Mothers in Crisis on a monthly basis, only $19.95. And you become a citizen of hope. And then what does that do? That opens you up to becoming a part of this movement. It may be like Linda and Dr. BJ and you say, you know what? I want to, yes, I can become a citizen of hope, but I want to be certified in the practice of hopeology. I want to be able to utilize this empowerment tool for myself as well as to help others. Well, you can certainly do that. And the requirements are attending eight hours of hope immersion retreat training and then hosting a hope immersion retreat workshop and successfully passing the practice of hopeology certification exam and you can become certified in the practice of hopeology and then you will definitely be able to say i am hoped (laughs) i am hoped and i'm ready to hope other people So let's wrap up now as we're closing this Think Hope podcast. What does it mean to be hope? Knowing how to think, speak, and imagine hope. Knowing how to take hope breaks. Knowing how to rest in hope. 
knowing how to make hope connections, knowing how to move from despair to hope. And then you too can say, I've been hoped by the practice of hopology. And that's what we're doing in Mothers in Crisis. We are hoping people and we want you to be able to say, I am hoped. I am helping others practice empowerment daily. And you can become hoped. For more information about our hope campaign, visit makeahopeconnection.com or you can visit practiceofhopology.com for more information about our Hope Immersion Retreat workshops where it all begins, go to hopeimmersionretreat.com. You may even be able to be licensed to utilize Hopologist, which is the trademark with the United States Patent and Trademark Office, Class 35, Promoting Public Awareness of Hope by Means of Public Advocacy. Join us. I would love to have you come aboard this hope train. Remember, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope.